Welcome back, guys, to another episode of Director's Showdown. It's it's me, your uh, beloved host that everyone also loves to hate, Adam. And it's Brent, your I, other co-host who everybody hates to love. Is that how the inverse of that works? Does that make I any sense? I don't know. I don't know either. We're, uh, we're just workshopping live. We're, we're workshopping it live <laughs> here all the time at Director's Showdown. This is episode five. Episode five. That's episode right. Five, episode five. Yeah. It's the third and drastically different uh, Linklater movie tonight. Really excited to talk about it. And uh, we have a uh, an awesome guest, uh, a fan film's favorite, just to get that alliteration going. Uh, we've got our good buddy Brian. What's up, Brian? What's up, Brent? It's me. It's Brian from Fan Films. Hey, it's him. <laughs> I feel like people are going to listen <laughs> to that and be like, did they just like like copy and paste like previously recorded dialogue by him in hey it's me it's brian from fan films yeah we actually have like a (laughs) we have a soundboard that we just play like his recorded audio whenever you want him to like yeah how how do you feel about that brian hey it's me (laughs) (laughs) that's good anyways school rock 2003 classic film Mm -hmm. what'd you guys think of Jack Black in the School of, School of Rock. Uh, well, we have a guest here, and I feel like we should uh, let Wait, him. Yeah, let's of... let's reverse. Yeah, things let's, a let's, bit. let's 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 uh, backtrack I'm, a little bit. I, I am yeah. I am just ready to go because current 11, 11 p.m. at night due to technical difficulties. It a... <laughs> it's kind of a mess here, and I just want to say I want to preface this. Uh, Brian and I are are sharing a mic tonight, so if anything sounds kind of wonky or strange. That's why, so I apologize well, it can't in advance. be as, as bad as some previous episodes. So. That's true. Close Encounters of the Third Kind. But uh, that's a good song. I like that. It's yeah. catchy. Um, but <laughs> yeah, let's let's uh, step it back a bit. And So uh, how about yeah. you hand him the mic? Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, I've got the mic. And since, uh, since, since you're a guest here, um, you know, we like to do some unique questions that uh, have to do with Ooh. our current showdown here. So... Um, since we're doing Link Later and Rifen, Refin, or what, however you fucking pronounce it, right um, <laughs> uh, who do you think is better? Just, just uh, right off the bat. <sighs> well, I mean, who who do I think is better? Or who is better? Because I enjoy no both. You can some, do both some Link too. Later. There's I enjoy me wrong. some Link Later. Right. Some Days to Confused is some like timeless Texas. Like, would you say that's your classic. favorite Linklater film? I think, yeah, I think that is going to be my favorite one. I mean, I don't know if mm-hmm. anyone, if anyone else has a different favorite one, it must be something completely personal and not, I don't know, not For right. Sure. Not yeah. the right answer. <laughs> like, 
No, it's definitely the best one. Um, School of Rock, it was always up there for me, but watching it again, like, I'm not so sure. Um, and then I've seen, like, Slacker and... Slacker's great. Yeah. Boyhood. Yeah, I don't know. I, I missed over... I was looking at his IMDb. I missed over something called the Before. Oh, the Before series the, is fantastic. Yeah. What's your favorite uh, Ruffin film, Brian? I'm going to have to go with Drive. Like, oh, yeah. I just haven't seen very many not of hard, his films. Not hard yeah. to, uh, to go on that one, for sure. That one definitely made an impact on me when I saw it. So I guess uh, I'm, I'm, I'm guessing you're, you're going to go towards the Linklater route here, maybe. That's the thing, you know. Two, yeah. I don't, I don't know because I was watching, I was watching this. I don't, I don't know if this is getting too ahead of the, the format here, but I was watching School of Rock and thinking this is going to be tough to get through with a lot of like the handheld shots at the beginning and just like a lot of the structural things that he was choosing to do. I was like, mm-hmm. this is such a strange film, but as it went on. Like I bought into it, and I started just like following along with this cult character, yeah. and this like Jack Black. Let's put a bookmark on that because that's those are actually some really great points. Because I feel I feel the exact same way about School Rock, but um, so you would say that uh, I get I guess like what's your personal preference then between the two? I mean, I gotta go with Link later. I, I don't know. It's, yeah. That's what I, that's what I was digging for, and I God found the gold it. there. I feel like this, this movie <laughs> might have been the beginning of the end for him, though. Uh-huh. I don't know, because what, what is it? What is the newest one? The '80s one? Fuck that! Everybody movie. wants. Everybody. Some, yeah. No one wants any of that movie. <laughs> I, I just, I'm gonna dive in and say that movie is fucking great. I I saw it recently, and it's dude. If you like Days and Confused, it blows my mind that you don't like Everybody Wants Some, because that movie is like a literal like spiritual successor. I almost picked that movie because I thought it, I thought it was great. Hey, sequels aren't but, always great, Chief. Well, it's not even a sequel. It's uh, it's its own thing. But it's, it's, just, it's like it. It's like it. It's link yeah. like it. It's link like it. <laughs> Anyways, bad jokes aside, um, let's let's start getting into uh, School of Rock here, and let's do it before we start. You know, do our you know oh, patented synopsis for School School of Rock. Hold on. Let's do let's, it. Let's do um. Let's do something again. We got we got a lot of not anonymous users really giving out all these um, or this fellow named anonymous really giving out a lot of uh. Well, plot it's four chan. Four chan. I think we've already established that, that they they're... are big fans of of Linklater. Yeah, I mean four chan with their uh, political non correctness definitely up the Linklater route. <laughs> Down and out rock star Dewey Finn gets fired from his band and he faces a mountain of depths, 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 and depths. <laughs> deaths? I can't say depth. A mountain of death. What a <laughs> different. We're getting ahead of ourselves. That's Rifen's movie. He, he takes a job as a fourth grade substitute teacher at an uptight private school where his attitude and hijinks have a powerful effect on his students. He also meets Zach, a 10-year-old guitar prodigy who could help Dewey win the Battle of the Bands competition, which would solve his financial problems and put him back in the spotlight. Oh, that's a fu- Honestly, it's not the best. Yeah, that's not the best uh, summary. Yeah, Brian, we, we actually yet. do like meta... Meta reviews and plot summaries. On yeah, IMDb. yeah. This is it's it's a podcast within a podcast. Mm. Um, that one not the best. It's not, not the best. best. Um, I'm, I understand why they kept it anonymous now. Absolutely, because um, it's garbage. Yeah, you know how about this one? This one's a little bit better. Shamed of. 
After being kicked out of a rock band, Dewey Finn becomes a substitute teacher of a strict elementary private school, only to try and turn it into a rock band. Written by Gamer GC Fan. Much hey, better. I like that. Gamer a lot Gabe GameCube Fan is probably what that <laughs> means, right? Yeah, that's probably what that is. Uh, that that one's much better. I like yeah. how like just straightforward that one is. Concise. And, uh, it's a really straightforward movie. Um, which is maybe, I guess what I want to talk about first, which is like, so this is episode five. What we've talked about when it comes to link later is slacker. And then, uh, Jesus Christ, I forgot the name of it. Oh my God. My brain is dying. Oh, a scanner, Darkly. a scanner, darkly. I always forget the name of that movie. And like the fact that we're going from a scanner darkly to this fucking movie is like insane. It's crazy to me that the same director did both that and this movie. For sure, yeah, yeah. Um, especially since he did that movie a year after this one. And like that that's that's like one of the reasons why I love Linklater is how versatile he is. Is he versatile and though? I think so, absolutely. I don't know. That I'm not <laughs> saying that versatility is um I mean a lot of people would argue that versatility is a good thing. But if you if you, if you're a one trick pony, but you're you know how to do that fucking trick well, then that's okay. fine. Well, you know what I mean, I mean that that's that's Rifen that you're describing right now. Yeah, I never I never denied that. Yeah, I've never never denied Rifen's uh, mm-hmm. stylistic uh, tendencies being kind of I I don't want to say one note, but mm-hmm. they're all there's a there is a th- common thread thread all of them. I totally. mean. I mean, yeah, I mean, speaking of common thread, that's really interesting because I think we've kind of hit upon something that, uh, I mean, Kubrick is definitely more versatile than I would say Rifen is for sure. That's no doubt, yeah. But, sure. yeah, but then again, like even last season too, I, I would say Spielberg and Linklater share the concept of how they can how they can do like a lot of different types of movies. And how that was one of my big arguments last season is how that that was one of his biggest strengths that I thought of at least is that that he can do so many different types of things he can do. Well, it's just like the age know. old argument of like what what do you prefer like do you prefer like a generalist or a specialist? They're both good in their own mm-hmm. their own merits. No, no, one is not necessarily better than the other. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. I don't know. It's interesting. So you 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 like a jack of all trades sort of fella. I I guess I guess so. But what I like about it is it's not. I feel like saying specialist and generalist is kind of being general about it because, like, they're able to direct how they need to for a certain project. So like, Waking Life or Slacker is filmed the way it is and like put together the way it is to serve the point of the movie, like to serve the purpose of like what it's trying to do where it's like this very meandering, like philosophical discussion um, and like waking life also. And then this movie is, uh, I, I don't think we've really talked about it much yet. We haven't really gotten into it, but like, is like a very like just straight and narrow, like comedy, I guess. Uh, well, how do you describe it? Well, like that's a the musical thing. It's comedy? Like, my, my, my biggest kind of gripe with this, with this film is not that it's bad. It's actually quite enjoyable. It's a, it's a funny film, but, um, I didn't, I didn't see any taste of link later at all. There was zero mm. link later flavor in it. 
There was zero. It was well, like Linklater was like, "All right, I got this script that was written by." Let me bring Mike it White. Out. Mike White. Mike White. Mike White. Well, uh, well, let me finish the point. Okay. There, it was just like he got someone else's script, and everything was really straightforward, and there there wasn't a tinge of Linklater in it. I uh, I disagree with that one hundred percent. I think I think m- maybe not so much like in the in the directing sense but this movie to me has always felt incredibly personal uh i mean like putting myself and all that bullshit aside like this movie you can tell is like link later making a love letter to the music he grew up with and uh even beyond that just like the authenticity and like the the kid actors how or I, I don't even want to say actors because like it follows a maybe a narratively of, but not directorially there's a huge difference Okay, well, what do you mean? Do you mean like uh, the like, way he shot was, it? Yeah, the way he shot it. There's nothing. There's nothing that I okay because like everything that he's done before was very experimental, and you could you could see how it's Linklater esque. Yeah. Okay, okay. And well, I see. Yeah. Can I can I chime in here? Because yeah. I'm I'm dude, I'm kind of on board with you, Adam. Um, I was watching it thinking, what are the director trademarks that Linklater has? I was trying yeah, to get the it in my move? head. What are the signature moves? I was moves? watching it and thinking there. just like. Are there any in here? Is it is it like handheld kind of grungy things? I'm thinking of Slacker. I'm thinking how he's walking around following people, or I'm thinking of Daisy Confused and how like how he shot the stuff in the car. And I, this whole movie has seemed kind of generic, yeah. right? And I, I felt the writer in it a lot, and I felt Jack Black in it a lot. Uh, and then I'm trying to imagine the, the director here. That's the key. Right? Yeah. I mean, maybe making these kids comfortable was like something that he did because he's had like experience working with different kids and like younger mm-hmm. actors mm-hmm. that might've been like, yeah, I don't know, but a lot of stylistic directorial choices. I just, I wasn't identifying. Here. Yeah. I don't he know he basically like took Mike White's um, script and said, yeah, I'll, I, I, I can, I can see that link later would have t- um, totally grown up with that music. I can see that point narratively, mm-hmm. but in terms of dictatorial style, like there was nothing, there's no, there's not really any signature moves of his. Like, mm, okay, I can't. Well, if you can think of something, you know, let me know right now because, like, <laughs> I was thinking, well, you know, you got a lot of meandering um, uh, discussions about philosophy. Is pretty like, like, it's all the you see that in all the time, all the time is in his films. Like, you see people, two people just discussing. Um, it does have to do with the plot. I'm not. I'm not trying to make that an insult. Actually, I like those things mm-hmm. about his films, but I don't. I didn't. Nothing I, was like that in this film. Okay, so I, I want to say this as like a disclaimer first off, because it's it's, and this is like a disservice to, like talking about the movie. I feel like critically is that mm-hmm. I. It's very hard to separate my like my personal history like with this movie and like seeing it when I was younger and all that. But even still, I think. That yeah, like he doesn't have those flourishes, like those um, kind of like uh, signature moves as much, or even much at all in this movie. Because I think that yes, he did see that script, and I think that like Spielberg does with most of his movies, he wanted to serve the story as like as the best that he could. So like it it wasn't about saying I'm gonna I'm gonna you know. Uh, have some philosophical shit in this movie. I don't agree with that at all because A Scanner Darkly was still had Linklater and 
by what their family said, it was the most accurate rendition of the of the novel itself too. So I don't. I, I think that's a little bit of a cop out, personally. So what is what is the director's job here, right? Because this might have been this. This was like a super financially successful movie, right? Like he did his job. He got he got the studio. Well, okay. The, the, the yeah. way that Jordy Rowski said it, and I'm I'm not gonna like you know um I'll, uh you know the director Jordy he when he was talking about Dune when I saw the the documentary he described it like I'm not gonna do it explicit explicit terms like he said but yeah. it's like when you adapt someone else's stuff it's a marriage you don't completely let the other person um, control it but you don't completely control it either it's a meshing of these two um, things and that's what's cr- that's what creates this like unique product that's why you would watch a movie and read the book you you do both you know what I mean right. so mm-hmm. it's that uh, kind of that compromise that comes between the two so it's like yeah. you still I think that it's beneficial to have that to have your own unique flavor in it you don't have to be too dir- you know you don't have to be too dan- tangential from the original stuff either yeah. You can have the marriage between the two. Yeah, I mean, I, I see where you're coming from. I just think that, I think that you can say that that marriage works because he directed the movie, it was written by Mike White, and the movie is great. So I think that worked because even even if those kind of flourishes, like oh, he doesn't have people having uh, like having philosophical. I mean, discussions, I was just or, making that as an. Well, yeah, but like we have like signature moves that we kind of always comment on. But what I'm saying is that he directed the movie is written by uh, Mike White and all that stuff. Jack Black is fucking 110 percent Jack Black, black and white. Yep. And uh, it it works incredibly well. And it's it's a really enjoyable movie. So you know what else Mike White wrote? um, I used to know this, I feel like, because I I, like Uh, looked it up. the, The emoji movie. I'm not, not kidding. Shit. I'm not kidding. No shit. I'm not fucking with you. You can actually go on. You can actually go on. He's he's one of three writers. Actually, you were really sitting on that fucking yeah, oh, for sure. shell, dude. Like oh, when man. I looked him up, I just I could not believe. I gotta look him up right now. Yeah, I'm, I'm not. I'm not fucking with he's, you. He, I know he's written. He's written like a lot of. Yeah, he's written some stuff. other stuff. But when I saw the emoji movie, that's just like. Hey, man. <laughs> Oh man, how you, much you gonna shit on uh, Patrick Stewart now too? You know, I'm just gonna. I just <laughs> wanted to make that comment. I'm not gonna right, expa- right. expand Fair anymore. Enough. Nacho Libre. Yeah, he wrote Nacho Libre. It's a fun yeah. movie. Um, I think him and Zombieland. Jack Black are really Zombieland. I mean, a lot of these movies like really right like uh, I, I like know. Orange County a lot. Orange County is Orange is funny. It's a funny um, movie. Gentleman Broncos. Get out of here. Oh, that movie's man. awful. Oh, he wrote on Pushing Daisies. That show is fucking great. One of the best. That School of Rock is definitely his most well-known Undeclared. Thing. Freaks and Freaks Geeks? Geeks? No shit. I think That's he just wrote cool. a few episodes. I'm not sure. Yeah. But anyways, I just wanted to make that little comment because I know <laughs> yeah, that well, obviously. we were all looking forward to the Emoji movie. Yeah, we... Yeah. And that movie probably already came out by the time this... Uh, yeah, it will. We need to stop referring to time in these podcasts is what I've realized. It's fine. Who gives a shit? Nothing holds up ever. We're going um, to let our <laughs> listeners figure things out. <laughs> we're not going to hold their hand. But yeah, yeah um, so let's... Let's go a little bit more explicit on signature moves here. I want to have like actual, um, like actual ex- explicit stuff. Okay, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I mean, I I can start. I mean, I I talked about it a little bit before, but um, 
in all of Linklater's movies, music is a huge, huge, huge part. Like you'll you'll see that in Days of Confused. Uh, it's that way in Slacker. Like it, it's it's almost a character in in a lot of his movies. And in this, how I always took it is that like this is him being like, "Fuck, I'm just gonna make this like almost nostalgic, like just trip down memory lane with all of these like artists that I grew up with." And and I wanted to bring it up too. Like I I haven't even looked it up, but I feel like uh, Linklater. Nah, it's too much of a tangent right now. I'll save it. But um, yeah, I mean music. Just just the fact that this is like almost a weird kind of like quasi musical in a sense. Yeah. Um, but that that's one of the big ones I picked up on. Uh, did you have any Brian? That you want to? Yeah, talk about? I never thought I never thought about music as one of his things. But you're completely. I feel like you're spot on there. Like. The music, even the genre of music and the type of music he chooses for this movie, like fit his signature. I don't know. Moves. His, yeah. his mo kind of. Mm. What would you get? Would you get Adam? I don't know. I'm serious. Yeah. Like it was. It was. It was weird. Cause like when he told me that Linklater had directed School Rock, I was like, Yeah. What? No, I can see Cause that. like I've seen. See Cause I mean, I started getting into Linklater around when I was in college. Mm-hmm. And, and I saw School of Rock in high school, and I thought it was just like some, you know, just some like fun yeah. comedy movie. No, it is. It is weird. Know? I think I found that out later, too, because I, I had seen Link it really later, young. Yeah. Um, yeah, Link Later. And like I'd seen this movie really young, too, and like it hit me in a, in a like certain way, and then I was like, oh, I love that movie. And then I started watching like Days and Confused and all those movies, and I was like, wait, hold on. This is the same fucking guy? Um, mm-hmm. But I mean,. Yeah, I mean it's it's hard. Signature moves is hard for this movie. I'll I'll say this that um, the kid actors, um, he definitely kind of keeps in. None of the kids except for Miranda Cosgrove to me seemed like actors, mm. and that's definitely a trend. Oh, that's in a good his, point. Yeah, in his stuff is that that that's kind of what sells the movie so much, especially watching it this time. How famous was Jack? He was pretty famous by the time this came out, right? Yeah, two thousand. He he was doing like. Saving Silverman, so I guess he was in a oh, movie yeah. with uh, Sarah Silverman before. No, Wait, that's not. She that's was not, not in that movie. Oh boy, I'm gonna cut this out. Let's have some silence right now, folks. No, okay. we want to keep that God stupid mistake it. in that there. That was so dumb. I'm Holy gonna bring shit. it up again. Yeah, yeah, Saving Sarah. You were compl- Saving Sarah Silverman. <laughs> God damn it! I want to kill myself now. I lost oh, my whole man. train of thought. Um, no, no, he was pretty. F- yeah. Yeah, he was he was pretty well established, but he was a funny guy, funny actor man. Yeah, and know. and I think that's I think that to me as a kid watching this, that's what made me connect with it so much. Is it wasn't like these kids are actors; it's like these kids are real kids, and like even For like sure. reading about it, yeah. it's like that's how it was. Like Jack Black, like. Um, would would like stay on set for like an like way longer than he needed to because he was like playing games with the kids and like just like having fun with them and you can totally like the chemistry between Jack Black and like all these kids it, like even it's totally all there is on the screen. His, is this Linklater's first wide release? Um, I, I don't know. know. Um, I would say probably not because this is like fifteen years after he. I, f- I feel like Days and Confused. Yeah, he, yeah, he probably had more right. I think Days and Confused was a sure. pretty big release. It just seemed like this was his first like mainstream film. Yeah, there was nothing... I can see that. It's very well. That's, that's the thing. It's like I didn't see anything experimental within it, and I feel like experimental is like a signature move mm-hmm. of 
Linklater. Like all his films to me are just well these these interesting experiments like Slacker the before series mm-hmm. um boyhood boyhood well and i want to say i want to say this like or ask this i guess like finding out like in watching it again like that doesn't strike you as something like really interesting about him that he can do a movie like this not really no i think that like i think because pretty i think it's pretty middle of the road yeah but it takes a lot of skill to it's not just like a director for hire. Like you need to like understand the beats of the I. story. E. Brett Ratner, but um, <laughs> yeah, no, I think that the the script itself was solid enough to where you could, you you could you could because that's why I felt like you just read the script and then kind of knocked it out there. So so looking into it, I don't know if this was his first wide release or not, but it's definitely the first one that I remember seeing in the theater. Yeah, um, I don't know how big of a movie tape. Or waking life were. I've never heard. I think of the tape. Be, I think the before series probably had wide wide yeah. releases, but and then Days and Confused in '93. That one must have been a legend by 2000, like 10 years later. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Days and Confused, I bet was was. I don't know, man. I boy, I need to read up on my Linklater history. I'm pretty but. sure Waking. I'm pretty sure like Waking Life was not wide release. Well, for sure, yeah. it wasn't. That movie's um, wacky as hell. It's a good movie though, but yeah. Uh yeah that, that that's just the point I'm making here it's just it's it's so it's so weird it's not like it's not like school of rock was a bad movie but there wasn't anything like um groundbreaking about about it or an attempt at groundbreaking and there's nothing you don't have to do that mm-hmm. but it was just such a weird step for linklater mm-hmm. in comparison to everything he's done yeah um I'm with you. It doesn't really feel like a director's movie. Yeah. Not it very auteur-y, yeah. The the thing that for some reason when I think about this movie comes to mind is like Big Daddy with Adam Sandler. Isn't that fucked up? Like Yeah, I know. You can get up if you want. <laughs> Brent is now but leaving the room. That's what like he's comes long to gone, my, he's driving like, off. Just like this like comedic actor that's like they really give this comedic guy like a lot of room to just like clown yeah, around see, in. That's what I was thinking the against whole time. Him. Was that Jack? It was Jack Black's movie. Oh, absolutely, 100% Jack Black's movie. It's Jack Black's and Jack movie. Jack Black, I mean, it took me a while watching this again. It took me a while to get past it. Mm. And then once like the plot started to kick in, I was like, I was it's on like, board. It was it's, that- it's like when you watch a Jim Carrey comedy like Ace Ventura. Like, no one knows the director's name. Yeah, you don't know him. But you, you, you put the director, all he's got to do is put the camera in front of, in front of this guy and make sure everything's coherent. And you're still having a good yeah. time. And I'm not saying that Linklater, uh, again, it's not a fault of Linklater. Yeah. It's just that this was a Jack Black and a Mike White movie. For sure. I mean, Mike White wrote the script, and maybe this can pivot us into some trivia because there's some pretty sure. interesting stuff. But Mike White wrote the script uh, for Jack Black. So it was obviously oh, like, of course, yeah. it was like they were synced up through the whole process. And. I, I think I think for Linklater to, uh, and this is another um, kind of bit of trivia too, is that Linklater initially turned down the project. Really, and uh, and and not only that, but Black wasn't originally sold on Linklater. He said, "I'll see a link later." Oh, yep, got him, yeah. got him. <laughs> uh, because he thought Linklater's Dazing and Fuse and Slacker weren't like Black's previous films, so he was like, he was like, I don't know if this guy's gonna keep. Keep 
keep this on brand. Right, right. But, um, I mean, yeah, they, they really kept it true to, I guess, how Mike White wanted the, the script done and everything like that. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, like, a Brett Ratner type, a director for hire, this movie would be mediocre. It wouldn't even be good. Like, it would be... Like, there wouldn't be any passion in it. You wouldn't feel Are for, like, the kids. Because, like, Jack Black could elevate it with his own script and his performance. I mean, Mike White's script and Jack Black's performance. And Brett Ratner could be in that scene and still, it'd still be a good movie. I don't agree with that at all. I don't agree with that. Because a director is the one who, who's, like, creating the vibe on set. Like, sure, Jack Black, I'm sure, had a big role, but, like, to corral all these kids, to, like, keep them excited, like, to keep everybody, like, on the same page, I just feel like it takes it takes at least a, a decent director to, to do that, not a, not a fucking Brat Ratner type. <laughs> <laughs> and the, I don't know. No, 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 I'm sorry. No, I, no, I love Linklater. I, I don't mean to compare him to Brett Ratner, that's for sure. <laughs> Did Brett Ratner direct any other Brett Ratner. movies? Brett Ratner, um, open invite. Tell us your thoughts of what you think about the previous comments. <laughs> Saying that you're on par with Linklater. Ratner, season three. Let's oh, go. God. All Ratner movies. That's what's coming up next. So you got to. Wait a minute. Hold on. I'm like. I. Ratner did Hercules with The Rock in it. Dude, yeah, classic. That movie was fucking sick. That movie's pretty fucking good, honestly. Uh, the Rock throws a fucking horse at guys in that movie. And it is, at that moment, I was like, all right, Ratner, you get a pass from me. That's pretty fucking good. All of the Rush Hour movies? Oh, man. No, honestly, Ratner's not that bad. Ratner's No, he's calling in. Call it in. Yeah. Exactly. It's not that he's bad or good. He's just like... He's like, all right, well, I'm going to make this movie, and it's going to be coherent. You can understand the beats, <laughs> and whatever the script is and is fine, but we're just going to we're just gonna do it. Yep. There's no flavor. There's no Ratner flavor, you know? Well, I'll say this. So, I mean, this, this bit of trivia speaks to Linklater's influence on the movie, is that they wanted the traditional score, and uh, Linklater said he wanted hard and fast rock instead. So that's him being like, I, I want to infuse like what I love and well, what I enjoy about this. Well, why the fuck would they have this. a classical score? Who the fuck recommended that? Uh, not classical, traditional. Like traditional, like wacky little like tunes here and there. The thing is, Who like, would want that? In this no, film? I know. That's but the listen, dumbest thing. Listen to me when I say this. Like, we don't know what this fuck... movie would have been like if Linklater didn't direct it, it. It doesn't take a fucking like genius to say that. Oh, school of rock film. Well, I guess we should have rock. As the score, like it, it's not seriously. Come on, wait a minute. Come on, wait like, a minute. That's, now that's I'm... a thing. That's not an ex- a excuse. I like I like Brent's argument here. Like I, I picking music is hard, and other people are gonna fight. But you this on movie, it. I know, I know it's hard. Yeah. But it's literally called the School of Rock. Yeah, I mean, I, I can't don't... think of any other way to do it. But obviously, it had to have been expensive, and it had to have been like hard for them to get licensing for a lot of the music. You know, I was watching one of the special features. Did you did you watch this? Um, like Led Zeppelin, like won't license their music out to anyone, oh, really? and for them to use like immigrant song in this movie was like a big deal. Mm-hmm. And uh, like Led Zeppelin wouldn't let them use it. And then when they were filming one of the scenes, Linklater had uh, Jack Black like beg Led Zeppelin to like <laughs> let him use the song. Yeah. And then Black was like, uh, I call him Black. Uh, yeah, that's fine. He he went to the crowd, and the whole crowd like begged Led Zeppelin to let him use the song. 
and like that's how they got to put Led Zeppelin that's in the movie. Cool. So I mean, that was Linklater's idea. That was him uh, making sure his vision was like. Oh yeah, I'll, I'll give you. I'll give him kudos for that for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let me see here. <laughs> this is this is kind of hilarious. So Billy. Which I'm sure you really want to talk about because you had a fun time talking about him. The gay kid. (laughs) 2003. (sighs) Man, you could tell this was a 2003 film. He was originally of Indian heritage. Why did they change him? (laughs) A gay gay Indian kid? I feel like my brain just like turned upside down thinking about what that would be like. Yeah. Maybe, well, I assume that the kid... um, like went went out for the role and he was just like very flamboyant and they were like okay oh i like this let's go with this i feel like that's what happened kind of. <laughs> no, dude, the kid didn't even know he was auditioning he just went in to like measure a whole bunch of inseams that's all oh man <laughs> if you guys don't know what we're talking about which yeah. makes no sense if you don't know what we're talking about yeah you it's know. the it's the uh the um flamboyant uh student billy who uh was in charge of the fashion mm-hmm. and he had very interesting inflections on his uh and his on his words Dude, well the thing is okay so you're you're coming at it from the angle of the kid doesn't talk like that remotely in no real no life. no i don't i don't know if he does or doesn't okay i'm saying that it was a little exploitative a little bit okay I'm not saying it was overtly exploitative, but it just seemed like here's the comedy. He's a gay kid. Let's laugh. At, let's laugh yeah. at him being where's, gay. Where's Where's Fag Billy making our clothes? <laughs> oh, Get our clothes, Billy. <laughs> like the fact that he had, you know, he he sounded like a homosexual. Yeah. And he was a fashion kid. Yeah. And he was commenting on, you know, the, the fashion stuff. And, and, and it was it was That's it was totally structured fair. in the way that you're supposed to get a laugh out of it. It's like when you watch like a uh, old Mel Brooks movies now. Yeah. <laughs> it's like it's twenty seventeen. Those are those are uh like gay- I don't know if that's the same. Well, because Blazing Saddles is like very so aware funny. of what it's doing. Yeah. This, this one, is like in stuck in two thousand three. Yeah, bit. where it was still funny to like laugh at like gay you know, stereotypical <laughs> gay people, I guess. Yeah. Margaret, that school of rock movie is pretty good. Boy, that gay kid was sure a hoot, wasn't he? <laughs> oh, God. That's a married couple going home from seeing School of Rock. And in then he goes and beats it, beats his wife. Beats right? his own gay kid. <laughs> you better not Christ. be like that Billy kid. Don't be making... <laughs> Don't be... If you're in a band, you better not be making clothes for them. That's <laughs> like his only concern. <laughs> oh, man. All right. So this makes me think, I don't know. This is completely off topic. I don't even want to talk about this anymore. Well, why not? All right. Edit this out. I'll, I'll cut you right off if if, we, if we if if it's too well, much. It's just, it makes me think of like bands. Like being in bands, you're already like kind of like this weird counterculture thing. And, like, to make your own impression, you have to, like, uh, you know, stand out from other people and be different from other people. Um, so that kind of stuff, like, people, it, it does, like, <laughs> oh, yeah, that picture of that kid is ridiculous. Um, but people in bands, like, it, 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 we, you need those people that, like, you just have a, a different alternate fashion sense in it. So, like, I mean, they found maybe they're speaking to a different portion of the audience. 
It was. It's, it, it's the way. I mean, I feel that, but it's just the way that it was presented was a little. Yeah. A, a little. Explicit. Well, I'll give a I'll give a counterpoint, and it's like sh- sure the things that he is saying, uh, they're funny, but the thing is, at no point does. Jack Black like demean him for kind of like who he is, and like I wonder if like the well, same he way he commented on the um the clothing that he made, and it was says that was garbage. We're not going to. Uh, That's a direct quote from Adam. Uh, well, I don't, I don't even, I don't even know like what Jack Black said, but he didn't approve of. The thing those. is, he didn't react to what Billy. Well, no, he I did. said, and plus, I also. That's why I said slightly expletive. Okay. I did not say full on, that's a faggy, we hate him, <laughs> and he's just biggie. We're not some fag rock band. No, I wonder how many like I'm just saying, gay like, men could... now okay. were in theaters in 2003. <laughs> no, I feel like it's a totally valid I, no, thing no, to bring no, up. You're right. That's why and, I'm laughing. Yeah. That's why I'm laughing about it. Because it's like, I can't think of any other movie from 2003 that has a fucking gay kid in it. No, it's incredibly so, progressive, but in order to be progressive, I guess you got to fire some shots off, huh? Yeah, I guess it'll just shoot off into the dark and see what sticks, I guess. Throw some spaghetti at the wall. Because I know that there's, I mean, there's way worse films oh, that yeah. Yeah. are way more explicit in what they say. But it's, it's not like it's not like Jack Black was like, hey, you're gay. You should do the costumes. He was like... You, you're one of the boys. You could be on security, and the and the gay kid was like, "You know what? <laughs> now we're just calling him the gay kid." <laughs> <laughs> little, little Billy was like, "You know what? I think I'd be way better at designing costumes." And so, yeah, he let him express himself. And then in the end, like for a second there, you were like. Oh well, he has no role in this anymore. Yeah. He comes back with these fucking killer ACDC style Angus Young shit costumes that they the had end. to wrap it up or else it would yeah, have been dude. really bad for sure for sure the only ones who didn't have an arc was the security fellas uh they did a little no they didn't though <laughs> they no because like they, the arc. thing is like we at least realized what their role was when like mrs mullins was walking down the yeah. the aisle and then they were like hey hey and then they like, play the tape and all that shit but um boy we've gone a little I'm, off the rails yeah let's, um, let's, let's, let's bring it back they're really in. yeah i mean i i had trivia there wasn't too much else i mean the indian heritage thing is just funny to me um because that would have been because that's the opposite of what happened in the movie absolutely um so they yeah in 20 so this is interesting we talked about this a little bit before uh in 2013 the cast met up in austin texas for the 10-year reunion and played music together which kind of ties into the fact that all of the kids really played their instruments in the movie right um, which I fucking, that, that, that I feel like is a link later touch. That is something that the director makes a choice about because every, like the majority of movies, they don't, they don't care about that. They don't want to even worry about people actually playing music in a movie. That's too much to worry the, about. The, these are, these are very speci- These points that you're making are very specific to this one movie. They're not signature moves. I'm not making a signature move. But I'm saying that. like, I don't know. It just seems yeah. It's like, all right, well, this particular instance, like, he chose to do it this way, you know? Yeah, because it served the movie. And, like, he, he wanted to actually have people playing instruments. I, like, I'm not, trying to, I'm not trying to argue for signature moves right now. I think that 
he respects the music a lot and he wanted to actually have kids playing instruments. And I think that I respect that a lot because even movies today generally don't have that. Like Le Miserable, but like shook the fucking world because they were like, they're actually fucking singing in this movie. And I don't know. I just, I just think that's cool. It seems just weird that anyone would go any other way with a movie that's about kids in a band. I don't know. Yeah, I, I guess I guess so. Like the thing is, like that's kind of what I connected uh, to it like a lot because, like, like learning guitar, I would like watch their fingers and I'd be like, oh, they're actually playing. That's really cool. Mm. And like that level of like authenticity, and in the sense of like even the kid actors too. Like I talked about, um, I, I think that's just that's a conscious choice that he's making to, like, that he's taking from things like Slacker, where it's just like these are real people. It's like these are real kids that actually play instruments. Oh, fair enough. That's yeah. Good. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. Thought that was interesting, but that's kind of all I got for trivia. So do you have anything to add, Brian, to that or to trivia? Oh, to trivia? No, just that. Um, you know, just what what you could go to IMDb trivia and find. Yeah, yeah exactly. That kind of stuff. I I didn't mention it because I don't like the source, but I got these off of BuzzFeed, and I feel bad oh, about it. <laughs> anyways, let's move on to the next category wait, here to wait, get wait, things wait. going. One last trivia. This one, this one, jumped out to me. All the parents' cars in the movie were all Volvos. Fuck you if you drive a Volvo. Speaking of Volvos, speaking of Volvos, historical context: This movie was made in 2003, and yep. I'm sure Volvos were plenty popular in 2003. Um, <laughs> so the only thing I really can get from like, other than the gay jokes. <laughs> Be in historical context because I'm uh, I'm pretty sure that we wouldn't I don't know I don't know anyways <laughs> this this was because like is kind of like the whole uh at at 2003 a lot of the Gen Xers and I feel like we're just gonna keep talking about Generation X with Linklater mm-hmm. but like this one Gen Xers are kind of like in their 30s now and it's kind of like realities setting in and they got to figure out what they got to do with their lives and something that such as like rock music being um, like Jack Black is like a Gen X person who wants to be a rock musician and he, yeah. he goes out and he does his best, but he's getting older and his friends are growing up and he's still like within this, um, he still wants to be this rock star sort of thing. Yeah, I mean Jack uh, Dewey Finn in this movie is a character from Slacker in a mm. sense. It's like he like it, it. The movie opens with him being kind of a kind of a loser. It's like yeah, he's like playing a guitar solo, and then like that that transition that we kind of like talked about when it happened, where it's like him passed out on the ground of a fucking club, and then it like pivots into him just being like passed out, hung over on the ground. Is so good, but um. Were we talking about context of the time? Yeah, two thousand three. Um, yeah, I mean, it, I I think the character of Dewey Finn kind of fits in line with a lot of Linklater characters. Like he's I, he seems fascinated with that type of like slacker. Mm. Um, I, I mean, it really is like a very Gen X thing. Um, but what what else was going on in two thousand three? Well, I, I one one big thing that we we briefly touched on earlier on this podcast was. The uh, the comedies <laughs> that were coming out in uh, early two mm-hmm. thousands, those Adam Sandler movies, those Adam yeah. Sandler movies. Like if you, if you look at the difference between like um, 
like kind of early 2000s and now in terms of comedy it, it's like 2000s early 2000s had the the brief like progression from like kind of the because like 90s comedy is kind of like silly and stuff and kind mm-hmm. of wacky you yeah. know like think jim jim carrey and whatever and then you go into kind of 2000s where things get a little bit more grounded well right. like with saving silverman and what what um you know, Jack Black films and Adam Sandler films are kind of they're a little bit more grounded, but still have yeah. a tinge of silliness and focused on one person. And then all of a sudden, like everything goes um, <laughs> after the Dark Knight. Dark Knight comes out, everything goes super grounded, and yeah. um, you got films like uh, Paul Feig, where everyone's funny. And it's just, it's kind of like banter between that's, people. That's you know? a really interesting point. Yeah, I haven't really thought about it like that. Because the way that I always viewed Jack Black is he's kind of a modern Chris Farley. Because right. he's, he's an that's incredibly, way, yeah. he's like an incredibly physical comedian. Mm-hmm. Like, like this movie, like, like I already said, like he gives his fucking all in this movie. Like every... And, like, I feel like there's a lot of improv there, like, with him in this movie. And I'm sure, like, Linklater probably, like... A lot because I can't I can't imagine every little weird detail that he did in this movie was like in the script. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> God, I just I had gonna... I had a rowdy fucking burp and I had to like recover for a moment. Uh, yeah. No, like, of the time. that's the that's the interesting part about it is that Jack Black is kind of he's kind of like the the last breath of the '90s almost. Just like how he is, like it's almost like a meta narrative in School of Rock. It's the last breath of of rock, you know, mm-hmm. because we can we can look at today and rock is not what it used to be oh, in yeah. popularity. There's not even they made fun of Creed in this movie. There's not even a Creed anymore. Yeah. yeah. Oh man, that's putting it into a whole new context for me now. Like because yeah, think of it like that way in terms that's, of rock, that's that's super interesting genre, because yeah. like rock is dead now yeah but the thing is it's not even it's not even that it's dead it's dead in the mainstream but the thing is if you're into like niche bands and stuff yeah. like those are absolutely still there and they're still fucking killing it's it. not it's not pop we can just say it's not as popular yeah. as it used to be no yeah 100 yeah. percent. and like this movie and that's why i said before like it's a little bit of a nostalgia like right. trip for for uh link later is that he's kind of like going down memory lane with like the bands that he grew up with and I I think that makes it like a really interesting kind of like time capsule for 2003. Uh, yeah, I'm with you guys. This was a really super timestamp movie, 2003, right? Like post 9/11, mm-hmm. pre Katrina, everyone just wanted to laugh. Nobody was racist yet. It was like in this weird, <laughs> like not racist. Nobody. It was, was like a racist racism yet. sandwich, right? Oh, we were man. the cream. This was the cream. Between the 60s and, like, 2017, where everybody became racist again. No, that's the internet's fault, fella. <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> sorry, I got sidetracked with that racism thing. But, I mean, race wasn't even... So funny. Th- there was a Japanese kid. He played uh, keyboards. <laughs> he was Chinese, but okay. Chinese kid, right? Whatever. yo yo ma. Save me from this. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just the 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 use of the phrase there wasn't racism yet was just yeah that kind of caught me off guard too good. There. but 
Um, no, I mean, context, yeah, context of the time, it really was. It was literally sandwiched between fucking uh, September 11th and Katrina. And it, it was very, it was very much like, man, thinking about it now. Everyone was going towards like rap and hip hop. And that's where. That's really interesting. That coupled with the fact that it was 2003, a couple yeah. of years after 9-11. I wonder if that influenced Linklater in his decision to make this movie. If he was like, I want to make a like a cool mainstream thing that's going to make people feel good. Yeah. And I don't know. I feel like I'm like putting too much on like I, I don't know anything it's about his decision process. Yeah. It's all assumptions. But I, I can see somebody being in that mindset. No, I guess. That's fair. I, I can see that. Cause yeah. It, yeah, just like I said, it's like the last breath, like trying to, like you guys don't know what we really enjoyed and loved, like all the times are changing, mm-hmm. and let me just show you a little piece of something that I loved, which was rock, you know? Yeah. And you decide, and it makes sense because it's like he's showing like this younger generation on things that, like don't forget that, you know, we, we came before you and we had a lot of cool stuff that mm-hmm. you guys haven't heard about, you know? So. Yeah. I mean, I just, I just want to like kind of go off of that for a second. Cause kind of how we've been doing the season so far is like context of the time is a lot of, because the movies are more recent kind of across the right. board. Like we've been going into like kind of personal stuff, but, uh, this movie like is one of my favorite movies of all time because it hit like in 2003, I think I was either just starting to learn guitar or I was about to probably because of this movie, because like watching this and like hearing all of like hearing immigrant song for the first time, I, I think I had already definitely started to play because I think that's why it like hit me so hard. But I, I watched this movie constantly and it was like, it was like a huge influence on l- like learning guitar and even like ending up in like bands later on. Um, so that's kind of like my like personal like context of the time for mm-hmm. this movie is like it was a it was maybe one of if not the biggest uh, movie influence on my like entire life probably which is a weird thing to say because I can I can even like step outside and say like like objectively kind of holistically this isn't like up there with the best movies of all time right but like just the way that. I, I kind of like it hit me at a certain point in, no, point and in my that's, life. You know? um, that's beautiful still because mm-hmm. like you, the, uh, the film hits you on that personal level. And I guess that's what any director would ever want. At least one person. Mm-hmm. I'm not probably happened to a bunch of people, but at least to you, you know, it impacted your life in a positive way. So, mm-hmm. I mean, that's the, yeah. that's all a director can really ask for. But yeah. for me, I saw it in the theater and then I thought it was funny. And then I, <laughs> Went on, went on living my life. Yeah, you were like that Asian kid. Boy, he was good at that he piano. Was pretty funny. <laughs> that was me. That was my representation in two thousand three. Yep. Thanks. <laughs> uh, do you have any context of the time, Brian, of uh, seeing the movie or? Yeah, um, I remember watching this movie in theaters. This is one of the movies that like my dad took me to see, and you know, speaking of that previous generation, like this was all the music he showed me when I was growing up. This is oh, yeah. like this is it. Um, there are a few things that are missing that, um, the same, same things that he missed out. He never, he never showed me like David Bowie and like, uh, Pink Floyd and stuff. David and Bowie's in the movie, man. is he really? Yeah. They play a Bowie song. Oh, well, see, that's, that's, I missed out cause my dad didn't show me that kind of stuff. Sure. So a few of the things I just missed out on, but, uh, it definitely is something that I feel like helps me connect with like my parents and like that generation. Mm. You, know? you know, I just remembered. 
I wanted to see this movie. It was 2003, so I just turned 13, and I could. F- I remember this. Like I was like, I could finally watch PG-13 movies by myself. And oh, then shit. I saw School of Rock. I think that was my first PG-13 by myself. Oh, shit. Yeah. Damn. Totally forgot. Yeah, I, I remember. Because I, cause like, I remember the experience, the, the School of Rock, like going to the theater at Silverado, Santiago Silverado. Oh, and it's weird boy. that that like, like hits. Like I yeah. was just trying to rack my brain. Like why do I remember this more than other films? Like, yeah. oh, yeah. First movie, PG-13 that I could see. Hey, hey, there you go. That's pretty cool. Yeah, it's pretty neat. I think I saw this movie. This might be one of the last movies I saw in a drive-in theater. Really? Because there was like a drive-in theater in, uh, fuck, where was this? This would have been in like, I guess, Sacramento, California. But there was a drive-in theater that was like really just down in the dumps. It was kind of garbage. Like the theater, like the screens were dark. It was just like, it was rough. But yeah, we like parked our car backwards and like watched it. And it was great. That's pretty cool. A lot of fun. But um, I don't know. That's all I got for context of the time. Yeah, let's rev. Let's rev on over to what would Reffin do? Jesus Christ! Woo! I've been I've been I don't trying even to come yeah, up I've been, with something in the back of my head. I've been thinking about it, but uh, you know, it's this just one not. is difficult. <sighs> that's, We're gonna have to cut a lot segment. of stuff here. No, it's it'll be all right. Um, okay. This is how some of the best ones start, is I just start fucking talking, and yep. then I end up somewhere. All right, so we start in Miami, 1980s. It's the height of uh, the kind of birth of the metal scene, the metal music scene. Uh, kind of like Metallica's coming out with, uh, I almost said Rain and Blood. That's fucking Slayer, idiot. Um, there, it's, it opens similarly to the way this movie starts. It's a fucking crowded club. People are sweating. There's some slow-mo. There's some coke. There's some lights. There's some coke. <laughs> Boy, is a really one-note director. Um, and there's a fucking band up on stage, and they're fucking... They're, it's just like you hear the, the metal, and you fucking see them shredding guitars, shredding solo, and they're just headbanging, and there's just lights, all colors of lights. I'm stalling, if you couldn't tell. Yeah, yeah. And... No, and then, uh, like, somehow he, like... He gets like a groupie or something or some I don't know somebody, and mm-hmm. like she, no, no his pal he like his pal his roommate whatever mm-hmm. his name is like he oh, I got it here we okay, go yeah so after the show you know he's not very successful just like how it was no one really liked it yeah yeah but instead he's like hey man let's just do some let's do some coke you know bring up your spirits so they they spend all night just like fucking partying coke. His roommate, who's also a substitute teacher, fucking ODs. Oh, that's and really good. That's really <laughs> he good. ODs. Yeah. And he has to step in as a substitute teacher because that's what his roommate, that's his yeah. job. So he's kind of like covering up yeah, that, that he OD. Yeah. He's like kind of stalling the fact that he OD. Mm-hmm. And one of the kids is pregnant. Oh, one of the one of the okay. I like that approach <laughs> because that ups the age limit here. Okay, okay. Have you guys seen the movie Half Nelson? Because I'm feeling we like input a little Half Nelson here, a little Gosling factor. Mm. Maybe Gosling is the Jack Black in this movie. Fuck it, let's roll with that. Um, so he goes to a high school, 
and yeah, high school. It's high school it's now, high school, yeah. and he finds out they're like rockers, and like he has his own kind of drug problems. It's dark. It's a lot darker. Yeah. Keep in mind, this is Miami in the eighties. I just want you yeah. to like always keep that in mind. And he finds out these kids are fucking like fucking rock stars. There's a kid who's like shredding fucking and her sand. And they're man. seventeen to eighteen years old. <laughs> yeah, let's let's keep that. Let's keep, they're that they're above right. the legal age of consent in Florida. Yeah, for sure. Um, and. There's a rival student band. They they uh they're all about motorcycles. Okay, all right. I like that. Um, Toss it in, yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Boy, okay. We're on a th- we're we're in the fucking thick of it now. Yeah. Um, I'm just gonna have to roll with it, Chief. Okay. All right. Um, he sleeps with one of the students. Yeah, for sure. The Miranda Cosgrove. Um. <laughs> No, wait, wait, no, not she's not. in high school now. This is a sequel to School of Rock. School it's of a sequel, Cock. School of Rock Two. Yeah. This is what we're making here, and it's in the '80s now. Don't worry about the continuity. Um, time travel might be involved here, um, but is well. Just keep going. I yeah, I'm sorry. Uh, so Miranda Cosgrove, her her character, Summer. She's iCarly. Yeah, iCarly. She's 18. She's in high school. Uh, Ryan Gosling, the Jack Black type, in this movie, sleeps with her. But bef- but but beforehand, it's like a very like they're arguing about stuff. Like she didn't get like an A or something. She demands like, yeah. Her why demands. didn't I get a fucking A here? And you're just wanting to play rock music all the time. Mm-hmm. Actually, I feel like he would. Yeah, you want to play rock, and then you know, because it's after class, no one's there. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's like kind of. You know, you got the nice red lighting from you know sun setting. It's like, yeah, you know, super stylistic and, and shit. And then it's just like <clears throat> eases on, like it's angry shit. And then you have like angry sex, and it's amazing. Yeah, I'm pic- I'm picturing a lot of like slow mo, like metal band practices mm. with like crazy lighting, just because like that that in my head that looks really fucking cool. Mm. And I'm thinking a lot of the story beats are 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 you know note for note school of rock but you have this new context now where it's much darker yeah and he like falls in love with this this student girl okay here it is so she's an addict also she's fallen in with like a bad crowd falling behind on her payments for drugs that's how it works and um so they still have the big like performance at the end of the year and maybe this time it's like not a no, it is a school thing. But yeah, he's yeah, like yeah. the cool substitute teacher who's gonna For be sure. up there fucking shredding, and uh, they're about to go on stage, and the fucking lead guy who, uh, you know, Miranda Cosgrove's character owes money. Um, he's a guy who wears shirts, but it's only sleeves, and there's no shirt part of it. That is so fucking good, Brian. That's true. That's it. That's it. He's Spider from this movie. The same actor, same guy, same outfit. Walks up to Gosling before he's about to go on. He has his fucking like eighties fucking uh, Gibson SG like slung around his back, looking fucking sick. And this guy walks up and he knifes him six times in the fucking stomach. Yeah. And Gosling falls to the ground. We go slow mo again. We get some eighty synth credits. I don't know. That's fine. All right. <laughs> That'll fucking well, do. We'll just, uh, <laughs> well, not, not our best, but a good, a fair, a fair attempt. It's a fair, it's a, I it's took a, a stab it's a, at it's it. It's an on par 
I think it's yeah. on par. It's on par with some of the most recent yeah, ones. It's on par. <laughs> I mean, yeah. We started so strong this season. That's we fun. did. I think we kicked ourselves in the foot. But anyways, kicked ourselves in the foot. Yeah, kicked ourselves. That's how in the it foot. goes. I think. Yeah, that's the. Uh, that's the saying. <laughs> so uh, yeah, let's um, let's have some closing uh, arguments. Let's start off with our 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 guest here, Brian. Oh yes, um, this movie Jack Black at the top of his game. Right, you might be a little bit annoyed with him at first, but just settle in. Right, he's gonna he's gonna wow you. He's gonna dazzle you. Just let him do his thing. Uh, listen to that sweet sweet soundtrack. Uh, just reminisce in that nostalgia and just like remember how good this music is, you know, before any other music passed it up and did laps around it. <laughs> um, but it, it's a great movie. It's funny. Um, great performances by everyone. There's no, no one that's really distracting. Um, no, no really distracting choices. It's just, it's just all around. Just like, I love it. Like every, everything makes me feel good. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I love this movie. It's impossible for me to be objective about it. I'm incredibly subjective about it. Even watching it almost the whole time tonight, I I tried to like separate like myself from it and watch it objectively, and that almost didn't happen but hey, at you know, all. I'll, I'll, I'm sorry to interrupt this, yeah. but like I'll give you that. You know this this season what it's all about, and I cannot and why I'm. I guess a little bit more relaxed than I was last season. Mm-hmm. Was that this is uh this is personal favorites season, you know, this is um fetish directors. This is yeah, you know, controversial directors that we love. So there's I mean, your own subjectivity is definitely a a good reason why this is here. You know, for sure. Yeah, I mean, I mean that's definitely one of the hugest factors. Like School of Rock is one of the biggest factors. You know why? Why I I picked Linklater this season, and it's really interesting now because as like who I am now, I actually think like Dazing and Fuse is actually I like it more than this movie. But the thing is, I'll I'll never discredit School of Rock for like what it meant to me and still what it means to me now, and kind of for how sure. how it made me who I am. And um, I mean this this movie's just it's so much fun. Like it's not it's not profound. It has a really I think good message uh, behind it. Um, but it's, it's just a lot of fun. Uh, I mean, great soundtrack. Jack Black fucking just is so fucking Jack Black in this movie. And I was going to say too, but never really got the, um, chance to, but if you're not a fan of Jack Black, boy, you're not going to like this movie Yeah, because you really have to like be on that level to like, mm-hmm. I feel like enjoy it. Um, but yeah, I love it. What about you, Adam? Um, it's a very uh, it's a very enjoyable film and it, it it starts off a little rough um you just gotta get past that initial part but uh i had i i was laughing a lot jack black is um really great he had some solid he had some solid script writing where the the dialogue was great and funny the the kids were actually very charming and and great albeit they're a little bit typecasted you know, let's just find the whole like diversity wheel kind of thing, <laughs> but that didn't bother me too much. Um, but what really drove this home was was Jack Black. There was no, there there was absolutely no doubt that this is Jack Black's movie in my mind, at least, and that's okay because it worked really, really, really well. 
It's definitely not my favorite Linklater film, but it is worth a watch if you just want to have a nice, fun time. You know, it, it, I would even say this is—it's a family film too. Like I, I yeah, I would sure. definitely if I had kids, I would definitely like let's watch watch this movie and have a good time. Um, one thing I'd like to bring up really quick, something that I observed is that I don't know if you guys found would find this interesting or not, but. Like the arc that Jack Black goes through is that he himself was the man because the man, you know, they always comment like, like Jack Black says, you need to fight against the man, Mm -hmm. you know, all the people that oppress you and stuff. And throughout the film, you saw him doing like things like manipulation, lying, coercion, subversion. Like he was, he was fucking over people that he liked, like just to get his way, like. Because he lied about his identity, he lied, he lied to pretty much everyone, and the whole arc was him just realizing, wait, I'm the man, I'm the one, I'm causing <laughs> this sort of situation happening yeah. due to my like, um, my not realization of uh, reality, like not yeah. understanding, like like I'm not paying my rent, whatever, you know, he was oppressing himself, he was the man. And the whole it took the kids and their relationship to really find out that you know I I am the man and I gotta I I, I can be a better person than that yeah and I thought that was actually a really cool kind of thing about that, I'm the actually movie. <clears throat> I'm actually really glad you brought that up because the way that I always watch this movie is that. Jack Black at the beginning, he's Arrested Development. Sort yes, one hundred percent. Like he, yeah, like he's he's a character from Slacker. He's like, yeah, like Arrested it's Development. Mature, it's a more mature movie than Slacker, almost. Well, in sense, yeah, and yeah. then like he's he's espousing all this shit to like his band after they kick him yeah. out, where he's like, it's about the music, and it's like, no, it's not to him at that point in his life. Yeah, it's re- it's really not. Like he really is like this kind of like immature grown man and it really does take like you know b- being in the school of rock with the kids to like kind of come out of that and realize actually like the power of music and stuff like right that. so that that's a really interesting point i'm glad you brought that up yeah it's less about indulging in 20 minute guitar solos and doing stage dives versus then sharing your yeah, passion with other sharing people passion yeah. um, sharing you know your, your viewpoint and, and what bugs you and actually just like putting on a great show yeah, yeah, and then that's I think it's accentuated by the fact that they pick Zach's song at the end. He's like, "You're better than me." It's a better yeah, song. That was nice. Yeah, yeah I think I think it's really great. Mm. So yeah, I'm glad you brought that up. So yeah, I mean, uh, it it's it, it's a great movie. I like it. I like it a lot. It's a, yeah. I definitely recommend it. Um, so that that should wrap up today's podcast. Yeah. But I was listening over here, and I heard you guys were talking. God about damn it! Rock. I thought we were gonna, Brian. I'm. What did I do? What did I do? And uh, I'm, who's this, Brian? Is he your new best friend? I'm, I'm your God best friend. God damn it! Though, I'm so sorry, Brian. Who the fuck are you? Stay away from Brett. <laughs> what? <laughs> who are you? Oh, Brian. You, you don't need to know who I am. Brian is the only person who needs to know who I am. I'm s- Brian. I am so uh, sorry. Yeah, I thought we guy... were gonna Jesus Adam. I thought we're at our we're at my house now. How did he get in here? I followed you home. 
God, no, he's I been in he... here before. I keep forgetting. It's the fucking garden. He, God damn it! I I I'm like so Jack confused. Black too. I like stupid rock movies too. I'm so, Brian. This is dead. I, I don't even want you to know his name. Sorry. He's a fucking. He's a monster. I don't. Oh, Jesus, he's ruining the season. Every episode of the podcast we do, he fucking comes on here. Yeah, and he just he keeps just, messing with our podcast. Yeah, and it's a. I don't mess with. It, I make it better. God damn it, Dennis! Please, for the love of Christ, if you really love me and you really love Spielberg and you really I love do, Linklater, I do. I do. I want. I want to prove it to you. Then, please. please go on your own journey, Dennis, and. Just find out what what you love. Find out who you are. Can I can I ask Dennis a few questions, please? I guess, but you're not Brent. Wait, wait. Why do you like Brent so much? Because he's objectively better in every way than Adam. <laughs> I mean, that's a very difficult thing for me to argue. I, you know what? But... This guy can fuck off right now. Shut up, Adam. You piece of shit. <sighs> I don't like you at all. Brent's the best. Wait, 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 Dennis, Dennis. What do you what do you have against Adam? He's a pile of garbage. He's pretentious as hell. Dennis, it's, oh my god! Please leave before I start agreeing with you. Um, Brent, come on, don't encourage him. I know. He has a lot of good ideas, though. <laughs> I I thought we were supposed to be civil about all this, and we have a mutual agreement that this is a no very I know. Very good podcast that we're on good terms, and there's not much fighting. That's here. true. Just That's true, especially this season. Dennis, how about you go ahead and get Link the Lander's fuck out? great. Fuck ref. Dennis, Dennis, please just leave. I, You've already ruined this season. People stopped listening episodes ago. Just please leave. All right, well. Bye. I'll, 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 Bye, I'll, Dennis. I'll see you in an hour. Then. Bye, Dennis. All right. Bye. Bye, Dennis. God get damn it. And he always takes Adam's mic, too, is the yeah, weird I thing. I don't know why he always takes it. <sighs> yeah. Because he doesn't want... The thing is, he wants to talk to you directly. He I, think that it, I think that is what really. it is, yeah. yeah. And he wants to cut you off from speaking as Brent, much I know as we have our differences, but I don't, you know, I don't hate you at all. This is just... No, um, absolutely. It's, it's really inappropriate to have him come in here at a very civil podcast yeah. and... Uh, it's disruptive. He's, Absolutely. He's a menace. Yeah. Yeah. He's yeah. an absolute menace. And to society, I'd say. Yeah. I don't know. I'm going to have to like set up traps around the house or something. You know, that'd be a great idea. I know a yeah. guy that could. Um, okay. Know, I can recommend. Let's look you. into that then. Yeah. Um, I mean, guys, that's going to do it. I mean, I'm sorry for yeah. that. Just pivot into just whatever. Garbage. Whatever really Dennis garbage has brought shit. to the fucking table. Mm. Um. And uh, he's a monster, and he's a menace, we'll and we're we'll going to take care of we'll it. We'll figure something out. Um, but anyways, guys, I mean, thank you f- so much for listening to episode five. Thanks for Brian for uh, coming on the podcast. Thanks for having me. Um, did you have anything to, uh, to, uh, to, to pitch or plug? <laughs> <laughs> you got bad. a pitch for us? I was just trying to give us like, your ideas. Well, the, the thing is, like, I wanted to give another word other than plug because it's always – Always use that promote. word. Promote. promote. Yeah, promote's better. Uh, is episode five? Is episode five, yeah. Hmm. Right. Just go to a Sticker Fridge on YouTube. That's probably the best place to catch up with everything we've been doing. Mm-hmm. Sticker Fridge on YouTube. Oh, cool. Yeah. Listen to uh, all of Fan Film Season 2. It's all out now. 
And um, yeah, this is Brent. Follow me on Twitter, Brent underscore Kong. Mm-hmm. Uh, be sure to check out our friends over at uh, Revenge of the Sea. The Squeakwool, Revenge of the Squeakwool, um, with John and uh, Delphin. Um, those guys are really funny. I always listen to their podcast. I, uh, and I guess yeah. Delphin Pod, too. Yeah. But um, yeah, and uh, this is Adam. Uh, follow me on the Instagrams on relativistic un- dot uncertainty. I'm sure you're not going to care enough to type <laughs> yeah. that in, but I'm just saying it. So if you want to follow me on Instagram there. Yeah, guys, and stick around uh, next week. Next we're going to be watching uh, Only God Forgives with our buddy That's Zach. That's going to be really exciting. Yeah, I think it's going to be a good one. Yeah, for sure. I'm really excited to rewatch that movie. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be awesome. All right. Thanks for listening, guys. I'll, we'll see you next week. Bye. Just like the white wing does. Sings a song, sounds like she's singing. Ooh.